0: my goodness what a start to the sweet 16 for thursday night and we've got four more games coming on friday but man oh man from what michigan state and kansas state gave us in new york all the way through the final of the four games with gonzaga's tremendous comeback on ucla to advance on in the sweet 16 out in las vegas we are ready to discuss on the nation's college basketball show and Podcast. Hello there, and welcome back into College Basketball Coast to Coast. I am merely the somewhat capable, sort of rested host, T.J. Reeves. Uh, Shortly, in just a second, in fact, we will go to uh, a guy, one of my wingmen. I love his insight as an analyst. He was inside Madison Square Garden for the two games on Thursday night. Ari Russell will be here. What an amazing game. I mean, we're all about hyperbole, overstatement, et cetera. But I'm here to testify a little bit. Ari's going to testify big time. What a game this was uh, for Kansas State to advance to the the Elite Eight in overtime against a valiant Michigan State team uh, with Marquise Noel putting on an all-time performance that we'll get into. So Ari's going to have all of that, including Florida Atlantic, the upstart Conference USA champions, who now have advanced to the Elite Eight by beating Tennessee straight up head-to-head and will play Kansas State for a spot in the Final Four. Who had that when the brackets were released? Florida, Atlantic, Kansas State in the uh, in the East Regional. All right, so we're going to talk with Ari about all of that in a few moments. Let me remind you, however you found us, wherever you have found us, Thank you for doing so. Follow or subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Just search College Basketball Coast to Coast. You can also find us through the last word on sports, lastwordonsports.com slash podcast. They're helping promote us as well. Streaming tune in channel, College Basketball Coast to Coast as well to get all of this programming. So lots to discuss. Let's get into it right now. Ari Russell, welcome. You were there inside the garden for the Kansas State epic overtime win over Michigan State. And then later in the night, Florida Atlantic as a nine seed has moved on to the Elite Eight. So thank you for doing this. And I I believe this is fairly obvious. What a night of basketball in the garden, my friend. Oh, man, TJ, it was definitely one of
1: the best college basketball games that I've ever witnessed in person. Um, Certainly one of the better played all around games for a non-final four really at the, with the stakes this high. Um, I mean, both teams just unbelievably good execution on offense Two completely different styles offensively. Um, and, and what a performance by, by Noel. I mean, Harlem native just basically was telling everybody tonight that this is his home court and he played like that. I mean, uh, just a record-breaking 19 assists um most assists in the history of the ncaa tournament mm-hmm. 19 assists 20 points check this tj two turnovers five steals i mean the guy just is one of the best point guards at least from a tournament standpoint that i've seen and it's not just his assists it's how he makes these assists it's his passes it's prolific it's it's art it's it's beautiful it it I, the last person that I remember passing in this fashion that made these – find these, these grooves and cuts was Jason Kidd. Now, he's obviously not as big as Jason Kidd, but the passes, the no looks, just – he kind of puts it like the draw on it. It finds the cutter, just threads the needle. I mean, uh, he is just an unbelievable player, playing at unbelievably elite level. Just beautiful to watch. Like I said, it was it was art tonight watching him out there. And this also after – and twisting his ankle uh he basically was asking the trainers like hurry up tape me up i'm back in the game it looked bad um but but he got taped up the you know michigan state made a run while he was out and he comes back in and you know hits this kind of crazy three off balance off that ankle um and continued the game and really just carried kansas state i mean johnson also another great ball player all around but one of the best point guard performances if not overall performances in a single game uh just dominant uh how many points i mean 19 assists that's mm. so many points i mean i, I don't know how many points like, we 50, have to look
0: 58 at, that he would be uh at least well, fully responsible at least or partially responsible for yes
1: but that doesn't include three so it was probably more than that so it's just a performance of a lifetime. Michigan State, I mean, they played a great game too. They really well coached, really well executed as well. It's just they didn't have that one guy. They didn't have they couldn't stop the cuts. They played valiantly. It's just Kansas State made a few more plays and they're moving on. And boy, do they look good. And boy, are they fun to watch. Yeah. Um, it's just a beautiful game. Uh, it was it was one of the most exciting you know, nail biting games, but just so well played, man, just really well coached and played just all around how it's supposed to be at this level, at this point of the year. I mean, really just being there in the st- you could tell how excited I am. Mm-hmm. Just being in the arena, the Madison square garden. And I just love the storyline with, with Noel being, being the local, being from Harlem, you know, playing at Kansas state, coming in off a first year head coach team had two losing seasons back to back. Tang comes in there, first year and this team is on to the elite eight not only that they're looking good they're looking final four bound they're looking championship mindset mm-hmm. you know like that's how they're playing they're playing at that level um and uh you know they get to play again on uh saturday night at the yes Garden.
0: yes they do we could sit here and go on for like 15 minutes and maybe yeah. even 30 more minutes about this game it was that good again give me a feel in the building which is primarily known for pro sports with the New York Knicks, with uh, the New York Rangers. It has had heavyweight title fights, big events, obviously, in that building. What was that building like as the drama continued to unfold? Five minutes left, three minutes left, big shot after big shot being made by both teams. Then we have an overtime and an extra five minutes. Tell me more about the building and being in there and how nuts it was
1: it was pretty nuts man and and where i was sitting for the media section we were in the kansas state side and they traveled really well and they were very loud and rowdy the whole game so it was fun you know it was it was loud in there uh just exciting it was just it was just a, an electric atmosphere like i said kansas state they travel really well their their fans are are pretty rowdy like they they were making noise and cussing at the refs you know like they, this is <laughs> You know they were into it, and uh, they, they they had they got quite the show tonight, and uh, you know like they they got their money's worth that's for sure, and uh, you know Michigan State had a good good showing, but I felt like from where at least probably where we were, Kansas State had a nice section going on there, and they were very loud, louder than Michigan State fans, but it was pretty pretty rowdy at the end of that game, especially towards overtime.
0: Yeah, but drama back and forth for both of these yep. teams. And again, Kansas State very battle tested. And I'm not saying the Big Twelve's not tough, but Kansas, I mean Kansas State played in the toughest conference in America. And Jerome Tang said after this game, We played in the Big Twelve. I'm paraphrasing that's the best league. And it got us ready for this NCAA tournament and pulling out the game with Kentucky and now beating Michigan State. In a back and forth knockdown, drag out could have gone either way type game. One big shot being made by each team. I mean, it's incredible. This game flew past the Vegas over under with literally like 10 minutes left in the second half. That's how <laughs> well it was being played. And this is an Izzo team that usually is known for defense. Uh, and, and yet the points were just piling up almost like a video game uh, in this one. All right. Perspective here for the audience already knows some of this as well. Mark Wade in the 87 final four for UNLV had 18 assists. That was in an epic final four game that finished 97, 93 for Indiana. Steve Alford making all the three pointers. That's an amazing game. And again, when, it, when you're talking about final four, already knows this, when you're talking about national title, That's different. That's for the whole thing. The last two steps for the whole thing. But this is right there with that game. And then Noel not only breaks the record, Ari, but the record-breaking assist is on the go-ahead game-winning bucket, the inbound on the baseline. It's yeah. amazing for 19 assists, real quick. How about his tie, his number to, to tie it? He had an alley-oop to
1: Josh yes. who reverse dunked it. It was just like – And if you haven't just,
0: seen this, I know you're in the arena, but this is uh, this is being made a big deal everywhere. That was a fake-out set play where Noel is looking over at Jerome Tang, and this is obviously rehearsed, where they look like they're arguing with each other to distract the defense to stand still. They are purposely distracting Michigan State to, to make them think they're arguing. And then he suddenly just flicked the ball. No look to Keontae Johnson on a planned play. What a sneaky planned <laughs> play for a big bucket. Uh, and they revealed after the game, yes, that, that is something they work on. Uh, he's that keyed in. Uh, remarkable, remarkable what, what Kansas State has done. Give me one final thought on on what we saw again duke in a regional final over kentucky on the leitner shot that's in philadelphia in 1992 that's a non-final four game that's a non-national title game but that game was 104 103 as you know ari with leitner perfect from the floor and the line this was that kind of game maybe you can say the duke game was better Maybe you can say other Final Four or national title games were better, but this game belongs in the conversation. Just one more yeah. time.
1: I, I mean mainly because of how well it was played, like all across the board on both sides, and how bo- how well both teams shot, and just how they executed both sides of the ball. Like, yeah, you know Leitner has an all time game, and that's an obviously the way that that game ended, all time mm-hmm. great game. You know, seeing Jamal Mashburn, you know, on Kentucky looking upset. You know this this was. Uh, this is up there though, just just from the way the way that the game was played, just like they said, the execution of it was just unbelievably good. It was just on both sides, the whole game. It was like that the whole game, and and so you know it's up there uh, for at least probably one of the best games that I've ever seen at this level, Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight. You know the the yep. the uh, Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight games. I've been to quite a few of these, fortunately, in my life, uh, mm-hmm. and this is probably one of the best ones that I've seen
0: in, in person. You you, and I were inside of NRG Stadium in Houston, what is now seven years ago, for the Chris right. Jenkins winning shot for Villanova uh, to beat North Carolina, which was a dramatic game at the end, and a, a big three wins it that's for a national title, all right? So this is not that, but this is like the notch below that and and maybe only half a notch below that What you got to see and what you got to witness in there. So that's Kansas State moving on. Give me a few words as we talk with Ari Russell. He's at Ari Russell on social media. He's my wingman for the past 20 years with Sirius XM for many years and now with TuneIn really for the last decade. Been at Final Fours with me, been at regional finals, the East Regional Final, the Big East Tournament, et cetera, et cetera, for us over and over again. So you got a lot of insight. So give me some more on game number two where Florida Mm -hmm. Atlantic out of Conference USA. Tale of two halves. They didn't play very well in the first half. They trailed in a low-scoring first half, but, man, did they pour it on Tennessee in the second half in a tremendous performance by Dusty May's team. Give me something about Florida Atlantic moving to the Elite Eight. What a story as a 9 seed.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, probably as far as execution is concerned, the opposite of what the game one was today in Madison Square Garden. Um, You know, very physical. Uh, execution, poor, not good shooting on either side, really, uh, especially in the first half. But the, the second half, still, like Tennessee shooting was was putrid today, um, and uh, FAU really just grinded it out. It was a much, it was a very physical game, not pretty. Um, not saying that Kansas State, Michigan State wasn't physical, it was just played at a much better level, I think, offensively than this game was. And I don't know if it was because both teams were very gritty defensively, or maybe they just this <laughs> good offensively i mean tennessee really showed their deficiency and their inability to shoot from the three point line um just really not having good offensive sets and and you know florida atlantic really really did a great job of executing and, and hitting shots down the stretch hitting big threes getting into the lane um getting second chance points which they didn't do a good job of in the first half but i did say to my colleague sitting next to me during uh, the first half, I said, if they keep it between four and five points, I said, I like their chances in this game because that's kind of where they want to sneak around. And they're going to keep punching you. They're going to keep fighting and keep swinging. At Tennessee, like I said, a very physical team, almost violently physical. Um, and, and, and FAU took every punch and counterpunched, um, just took it to them, was not afraid uh you saw that from the first half when when they really went at the hoop they weren't scoring but they were going in on them. um it was just a, a gritty game in florida you know fau they're mm-hmm. partying in boca tonight mm. <laughs> so so uh, what a what a what a story
0: it's like a um, 20 to 2 run uh, for them yeah. out of the locker room and you're right i mean this is now a 34 win season for them they had never been in the t- top 25 before this year had never been to the NCA tournament before this year and now they're in the elite eight and you got to start getting used to some of these names like john l davis and nick boyd and uh and uh, martin i mean they they did a number on tennessee especially in the second mm. half elijah martin uh with nine john l davis with 15 boyd with 12 um again give them a lot of credit it wasn't a picasso but the second half they i mean tennessee so we'll say this too tennessee looked a lot like the tennessee team down the stretch of the season that couldn't make shots went through a long scoring drought and florida atlantic had to take advantage of it and they did uh, and that volunteer team that I saw last Saturday, Ari, that made everything in the second half with Duke and Muscle Duke around, that was nowhere to be found in Madison Square Garden one more time here. Uh, and Florida Atlantic deserves the credit. They outplayed them. They took it from them. Just one more yep. time to go to the Elite Eight.
1: Look, like Tennessee, like I said, very physical. But Florida Atlantic, also physical, and took it to Tennessee. And Tennessee just wasn't shooting well, didn't shoot as well as they had previously in the first two rounds at all. Uh, a lot of that is the disruption of FAU's defense. Look, they 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 ran a pretty, you know, a lot of guards. They were bringing them in and out of the game uh, a lot, um, you know, about the whole entire second half in particular, just substituting them every few minutes um, because they know that they had to exert a lot of energy defensively, especially on the perimeter. Um, the front court, they did a really good job of, of – Keeping Tennessee from getting the second chance points that they really killed Duke on, for instance, they're doing a much better job of, of defending or at least uh, boxing out on the weak side, which is something that Duke wasn't able to do. So they did a lot of the things down the stretch that teams that that like Duke wasn't able to do, uh, counterpunch them, and and it was just it was a remarkable win by a team that no one expected really to be here, not even let alone make the tournament. You know, this again, like you said, the program that was nowhere to be found anywhere close to the NCAA tournament now, first year ever, is now an elite eight. It's a great story. Um, and it's it's something, you know, again, they didn't win pretty. This was not a pretty game. Like I said, the opposite of the the Kansas State, Michigan State game. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're playing for a trip to the Final Four. They're there. They're going to believe they can win. (laughs) So I mean, that's all that really matters at this point. Now the talent is it going to be a completely different ball game because now they're going to be facing against one of the more competent offenses in the country and probably the best point guard in the country, or at least the best point guard playing basketball mm. right now in the country. Uh, and and he's really separated himself uh, just to be, be a big star sure. <laughs> at this level. I mean, it's just a lot of fun to watch him, seeing him in person and just seeing how – so that's going to be an interesting matchup. I just don't know anyone that can guard him. It's different. Because Kansas State really uh, does a lot of cutting; uh, they're just very tricky to guard. And uh, as physical as as FAU is willing to be, you know, it's it's this is this is a massive challenge against a team that sure. is playing at an elite level. But again, you know, if they can grind it down, and they grind it down a, a bigger and I guess allegedly stronger team than a Tennessee, and you know, at the end they 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 really gnawed him out. Uh, impressive win. For FAU, the Owls, um, and, you know, again, they'll, they'll play Saturday night up up here in the Garden, so All right. it's, it's I'm excited.
0: It's And you should be. It's a great story, and again, we've seen this repeatedly, Shaka Smart's VCU team coming out of the first four to do this, uh, really, George uh, Mason with Jim Laranega a couple of years before that in the 06 mm-hmm. Uh, run, and you were there in that regional mm-hmm. final when they beat number one UConn, the number one team in the country in the top seed to go to the final four. Uh, and we've seen others, Wichita State, uh, get mm-hmm. into the, the final four uh, by by outplaying bigger, more powerful programs uh, to win the Sweet 16 in Elite <laughs> Eight games. And maybe we're about to see it from Florida Atlantic taking down not only my Memphis Tigers and there, you know, there was some knocking of them that they only beat fairly Dickinson, in the round of 32, but now they've beaten Tennessee out of the sec and and man, they're not undeserving. If they beat Kansas state, there's no way you can say they're undeserving at that point uh, to get into the final four. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. So I look forward to talking with you after it's all over with in New York, with everything that's going to unfold For get ready for it. Kansas state and Florida Atlantic for a spot in the final four. It will be intriguing. There is no doubt uh, here for this matchup. Uh, that is upcoming on Saturday night. Ari Russell, great stuff from Madison Square Garden. I appreciate it, my friend. All right. Thanks, TJ. The conversation shall continue in a couple of moments. First, let's tell you about our friends at BetUS who want to give you, yes, you, a $50 free bet this weekend for the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8 by using their online service. They're America's favorite sports book, and you want to take advantage of this offer. Get a free bet with our promo code BRACKET23. Bracket 23 gets you a free $50 bet for the NCAA tournament. You can really use it on anything you want. But why would you not use it on March Madness with all these Sweet 16 games? Whether it's Alabama and San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, Tennessee, Xavier, Texas, Gonzaga, UCLA, UConn, Arkansas, on and on. A free $50 bet awaits you at BetUS. They've got outstanding coverage of all of the sports. They've been America's favorite sports book for going on 30 years. You bet you win. You get paid with BetUS. Free bet awaits you. Use our promo code BRACKET23 for that free bet. BRACKET23 gets you a free $50 bet for the March Madness coverage with BetUS. So as we continue here on this recap of the Thursday night, sweet 16 games, let's swing from New York all the way out to Las Vegas and the doctor TC Martin, much love for my initials brother from another mother uh, as he's out of the West coast with the TC Martin show in sin city five days a week. Always good to pop on with me. He was in the T-Mobile arena for that incredible night of basketball culminating with Gonzaga having a big second half in the lead, blowing the lead to UCLA, and then winning the game on a Julian Strother three-pointer in the final seconds. Bookends, Doctor, an incredible win by Kansas State in overtime in game one of the night, and then game four of the night equally as dramatic with the Gonzaga win. First of all, I know you don't have a lot of voice, so we're going to be good about uh, letting you rest the voice a little bit here and just giving me a little bit of what you can So as much as you can, what was it like in the arena in that second half? What a second half, and eventually Gonzaga survives on the three and wins it.
2: Yeah, it was a fantastic atmosphere like we normally have uh, for these teams, uh, especially in T-Mobile Arena, because both these teams have played in this arena before. UCLA comes out here for the Pac-12 tournament every year and brings a good crowd and we've seen him here for the CBS Sports Classic when they face North Carolina, Kentucky, Ohio State. So they're familiar with, with the arena. And then Gonzaga you know, he normally plays uh, at the Orleans Arena down the street in a much smaller venue, but they have played in this building. And it took me back to the Gonzaga-Duke game that we saw last year, which was just phenomenal. And you literally had 50-50 uh, split in crowds between Duke and Gonzaga that night. And it was pretty much the same thing. Tonight as well too. First half was all UCLA. UCLA got every shot that they wanted very easily, getting in the paint with Tiger Campbell and Jaime Jaquez. Uh, then all of a sudden UCLA went away from what they were doing. They had that 13 point lead at halftime, and then you could just feel the game slipping away at about the you know four minute mark when Gonzaga you know took the lead for good and then started to build on that lead. And then the Zags fans were just roaring, and the UCLA fans were quiet. Uh, And then, you know, we thought, okay, we we saw a total swing of emotions in this game on about three different occasions. And when you thought that this game was over, with a minute 25 to go with Gonzaga having a nine-point lead, the Bruins, you know, went through an 11-minute scoring drought. 11 Minutes. That's something that you do not see <laughs> in college basketball, let alone a regular season game, but a regional semifinal game and UCLA just got away from everything from what they were doing successfully in the first half, but then it took a Jaime Heike's three-point play. Next thing you know, UCLA felt the rhythm. Then Gonzaga tensed up all of a sudden, and then you saw the finish at the end. It was just total with each
0: Yeah, it's just – it's incredible. Drew, Timmy took the game over. All right, so the same kind of question that I was just asking Ari Russell about being in the Garden. Give us the feel. You've been at a lot of big events, obviously, in that town. But give us the feel in the building with the change of momentum. Gonzaga's coming back. Now UCLA in the final minute and a half is coming back. And then the three-point bomb – wins the game for gonzaga what was the arena what was the building like give us give us that please
2: well let me tell you first and foremost i'm sitting in the second row behind the gonzaga bench <laughs> and sitting right behind mark fuse wife and family so i had nothing but red white and blue surrounding me and you know, i'm in my neutral colors here tonight so uh, again uh you know had a, had a great time and uh, a name drop sitting with Mark Davis and Jim Gray uh, tonight. And uh, again, you know, we were like neutral, but we were in the middle of all these Zag fans, and it was just it was just amazing just to hear the the roar. But to hear the roar from Gonzaga the way they came back, and then when UCLA hit the three, just to my right and above me, that entire section was all blue and gold with Bruin fans. And then the Gonzaga the fans thought they were done. And then, of course, when Julian Strathair gets the the three-pointer, then all of a sudden it's electricity. You look over to the Bruins fans, 1.1 second to go, and then they are dejected. So it was an amazing swing of emotions. And you know, to, to be part of that, to go to see back and forth, back and forth, it was just uh, something special. And, and here's another side note. Uh, A little extra pop in the building because Julian Strother is a Las Vegas kid, went to Liberty High School here, uh, and he's played, you know, several, you know, many games, you know, here in Las Vegas because Gonzaga plays the WCC Tournament here, and then, you know, also some other non-conference games. But good for Strother. And here's the thing that took place in that huddle. I'm right behind the bench. And Strother, you know, the play was basically for a pick-and-roll with Strother and Timmy, and then so Strother says, but if they leave me alone, coach, do I have the green light to shoot it? And Mark Few said to him, yes. yes. And he goes, green light for me. <laughs> because we're sitting there going, what are you doing? I mean, he took a 30-foot shot. Yep. and It's like, you don't need that. You don't need it. It was like, no, no, no. Okay,
0: good. And what insight T.C. Martin is giving us here. Uh, The doctor was right there around that huddle uh, for that play being diagram drawn up. And I'll even give you one more doctor here on college basketball coast to coast. Strother made a very similar shot in the final couple of seconds in Provo, Utah to beat by BYU in February. Same situation down by either one or two needing a three for the lead almost the same spot on the floor in the Marriott center. So they, they not only practice that play, he had done that before in a game to win a game at the end of the game. And now it repeats in a sweet 16 game, just Epic. And again, uh, as tremendous as Kansas state and Michigan state was earlier in the night, what a book in way to end this TC is with me for just a few more moments. Again, he's low on voice giving me great stuff late night, Thursday night into Friday morning after having been inside the building for the west regional games all right just give me like 30 seconds or 45 seconds on yukon who freight trained arkansas they were tremendous they've advanced to the elite eight as i as i kept saying throughout the night off the air to several different people they picked up right where they left off in albany new york shooting the ball well scoring a bunch what did you see firsthand because now it's you it's uh yukon and gonzaga TC love
2: this love this UConn team and basically they they did whatever they wanted to against Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas could not get anything going inside. And Arkansas, as we know, not a good perimeter shooting team. I mean, they just played right into the hands of UConn's strength. Sonogo was fantastic. Uh, too much size, just way too much. And you know, give uh, give UConn credit because they were uh, moving the ball so crisply, especially you know in the early going, built up that double digit lead. Uh, you know 20 at halftime and then they just coasted from there it really was no contest and you could just see the dejection on the Arkansas uh, bench and and those players uh, UConn just had their way with them and you know look at what UConn's done TJ they're the only team in the first three rounds of this tournament that have destroyed their opponents by 15 points or more and they did it again tonight so yukon very powerful very strong and like i've said from the beginning the deepest team in this tournament
0: and jordan hawkins bombing in shots and Sonogo underneath is a one-two punch and suddenly danny hurley looks like a good march coach when they're making all the shots when they're uh when they're when they're rolling along and that'll be the matchup with gonzaga that'll be the late night matchup hey one more real quick you've been at so many big events in vegas whether we're talking about world title fights heavyweight title fights the raiders now play games in vegas including a a playoff game etc great but great musical acts entertainment acts all these big things that happen in vegas put this in perspective what happened tonight i know it's not a final four i know it's not a national title game but this was amazing stuff in Las Vegas, in a town that's used to having big events and amazing stuff. But still, this this was uh, this was worthy of being a big time Vegas night and event, wasn't it?
2: It was, especially you know when you have you know four teams and four fan bases represented. Um, again, you know, there were some empty seats you know in the building, but you know we knew that the nightcap was going to bring two great fan bases that are used to coming to Vegas and, and playing in this arena. So the buildup was definitely, you know, for the nightcap, uh, you know, you know, I don't know if, if I could say that, you know, it was, you know, top or, you know, top two, three, four, five. five, because yeah, I remember, I mean, when this building first opened up TJ, going back to what, four years ago, we had that crazy North Carolina, Kentucky game where Malik Monk went for 50 and mm-hmm. in that same building, which was jam packed, and there's been a lot, you know, again, so many Canelo Alvarez fights, uh, you know, have been there, Floyd Mayweather Jr. I mean, the list kind of goes, you know, on and on, Tyson Fury. So, you know, we're, we're kind of used to this, like you said. Uh, but from a college basketball perspective, it was, it was great. But again, you know, you just didn't have, uh, you had four different fan bases there. And then, you know, some of the UConn people left, a lot of the Arkansas fans left. So you got to remember, so it wasn't a jam-packed arena, but was it exciting? Absolutely, but this game had many, you know, uh, ebbs and flows, but it went through scoring droughts as well, too, so that's why, you know, I don't put it under a classic uh, in that situation, but as far as exciting finishes with two big threes, no question about it, and maybe, yeah, we are spoiled here uh, in Las Vegas for having so many big-time events and so many big-time college basketball games, so uh, this one was, was definitely up there, very, very exciting, and I think everybody now is looking forward to Saturday night when we get UConn in Gonzaga and the winner goes to Houston for the Final Four.
0: No doubt. Listen, you did great with The Voice. Thank you for hanging in there. Save The Voice for the T.C. Martin Show that will be on Friday afternoon. By the way, the doctor will be with us on the coverage from college basketball coast to coast in houston at the final four as well and one of these teams gonzaga or yukon will be there with us in houston i look to lean on you after this regional finals over and for the final four rest the voice up for the friday show and for the saturday night game gonzaga and yukon thank you doctor the unelected mayor of vegas thank you for checking in on college basketball coast to coast you are the best
2: my pleasure, TJ. I look forward to spending uh, more time with you uh, in Houston and uh, down the road.
0: Well, some great insight from both Ari Russell at Madison Square Garden with that tremendous Kansas State-Michigan State game, again bookended by T.C. Martin in Las Vegas and the T-Mobile Arena for Gonzaga and UCLA once more. Uh, Gonzaga and UCLA played a phenomenal uh, final four game two years ago in the COVID-19 compressed NCAA tournament that was all in greater Indianapolis. Jalen Sugg's half-court shot helped them win that game. Of course, going all the way back to 2006, that was the UCLA amazing comeback in the final two, three minutes of that game to beat Gonzaga, where Adam Morrison, uh, the star player of the of the Zags, left crying on the court at midcourt uh, in the prone position. Uh, And now here we are 17 years later and UCLA replicated the same kind of comeback to take the lead only to see Julian Strother, as TC mentioned, a Vegas kid in Vegas, bomb that three pointer in uh, for the big moment. Again, Timmy had 36, much of that in the second half as they came back from 13 down themselves and then watched a nine point lead in the final minute 30 evaporate. And UCLA take the lead on the Amari Riley three-pointer, only to have Strother out of the timeout, bomb the three. And you heard T.C. Martin. How great is that insight that he was right behind the Gonzaga bench where Strother was saying, I will make the shot. Like Jimmy Chitwood in Houston, in in Hoosiers. I will, coach, I'll make it. And he did make it. Uh, And still UCLA had a chance with a second left. Tiger Campbell off-balance shot near midcourt. I don't know that the clock started on time, by the way, for him to get that ball and get it off in 1.1 seconds. That would have been reviewed, by the way, had it gone in. Uh, But incredible drama and finish, and Gonzaga gets the last-second win, and they keep their hopes of a Final Four alive to play UConn Saturday. And again, Michigan State and Florida Atlantic In the other matchup in the East Regional on Saturday. All right, to set the table, we will have four more games on Sunday. Two top seeds, both in action. One in Louisville, Kentucky. One in Kansas City, Missouri. Alabama, San Diego State up first in Louisville, followed by Creighton and upstart Princeton. The 15th seed as the second game. The winners meet for a spot in the Final Four. Can the Tide do it against a grinded-out defensive team like San Diego State? Can Princeton keep their magical run going, or will it be Creighton in the Elite Eight? Meantime, in Kansas City, Houston, off that impressive second half against Auburn. They'll now play Miami, who played brilliantly in the second half to beat Indiana. Now Miami's in the Sweet 16. Can they knock Houston off, or will the Cougars be in the Elite Eight and a step away from the Final Four in their own city, in the city of Houston at NRG Stadium. Texas and Xavier is the other game that is up on the floor in Kansas City. That's the two-seed against the three-seed. Chalk there in that matchup. And, oh, if it's Texas against Houston in the regional final for the winner to go to Houston and play in the Final Four, Texas is regionally close, Houston in the same town, that'll be something else. The old Southwest Conference, Uh, incredible. Incredible. If that's what it is, can Miami and or Xavier mess it up for them? We will soon find out. So all those games are Friday night. We'll come back Friday night late into Saturday morning with a recap show of those. Look forward to that. And then at that point, we'll have the Elite Eight complete with the Sunday participants that will be playing out of the South and the Midwest region. Can Alabama continue their role? Will it be Roll tied or will it be somebody else out of that uh, South bracket? And what about Houston or Texas or Miami or Xavier? In the Midwest bracket. We just know this. We know that it's K-State against Florida Atlantic. Nobody had that when the tournament began for a spot in the Final Four. And it's UConn, who looks fantastic, shooting the ball. Uh, Again, great job by them. Three games in a row to score, score, score. 88 more points on Thursday night, uh, including uh, Jordan Hawkins' 24, bombing a lot of them in from the outside. UConn-Gonzaga with Drew Timmy. Almost on a mission saying, I'm not going to let my team lose the way he played in that second half to set up the win, the win that Julian Strother got them with the big three point shot. So there you go. Lots on it here on this edition of College Basketball Coast to Coast. My thanks to Ari Russell. Find him at Ari Russell on social media. Thanks also to TC Martin at TC Martin 21 on social media. Both of those guys were in Madison Square Garden in the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas, giving you great insight here on the program. We'll come back and do this again tomorrow. Off of the Friday night with 16 games, late night Friday into Saturday, it is the Nation's College Basketball Show. Follow or subscribe. Get there. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Follow or subscribe. Search out college basketball coast to coast. And make sure that you're finding us on TuneIn, the streaming channel on TuneIn. It's there with TuneIn's premium service anytime you need the pregame coverage the post-game coverage of March Madness we're live at the final four next week it's all on that channel college basketball coast to coast and thanks again to the last word on sports last on sports.com is the site last on sports.com slash podcast they house our stuff help promote us as well great stuff I'm merely T.J. Reeves for Ari Russell and T.C. Martin hopefully you enjoyed Thursday now on to Friday and more Sweet 16 action On the nation's college basketball show, college basketball coast to coast.